welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 67. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe. And as always, you can reach out to me on all the socials at flores.run. We're continuing on uh, with the amazing guest. Last week, it was just an episode of myself, and you guys didn't want to hear any more of that. You wanted guests on the show because that's why you listen to this. (laughs) Uh, This week, we have Nick. Nick is a mindset coach. He's given overall positive vibes. Found him on uh, Wildcast. We seemed to have a a little bit in common. I was like, you know what? I need to have this guy on the show. We're going to figure it out. We had some scheduling mishaps, but we know what we got it through. We're here today. Uh, And Nick, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, brother. I'm excited to be here. And I love that we had a little hump to jump over to get here. And now we're here. We're doing it. That's right. You, you know, sometimes you get, have those little humps and you got to kind of like get over it and, and, you know, just keep putting it on. Amen. Just making it happen. I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, so, thank you for having me. I'm excited for the day. Yeah, of course. If we could just uh, let the listeners know maybe a little bit about yourself and then we'll hop into it. Yeah, man. Uh, so I won't bore you with too many details. Basically, my life is being a mindset coach. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been in the fitness industry. I was in the fitness industry for 11, 12 years. Owned a gym in New York City. Uh, came up from being the dude that just like wiped down equipment in the local gym, and then eventually uh, had my own spot, which was awesome. And uh, in the past three or four years, have really pushed into this mindset coaching thing, which I didn't know was a thing. Uh, I was, I I almost found it ridiculous calling myself that for a long time. And it was the only thing that honestly made sense. I was trying to figure out another like cooler way to say what I do, but I work on people's mindset and I shift perspective and I allow people to create the life that they say they want by facing the things that they keep avoiding. So that's been my life the past two or three years. And I built out one-on-one coaching. I work with super high-end clientele on -on one-on-one coaching business executives, people kind of doing big things in the world that are trying to up level. And I also work with, with groups. I've created my own group called Project Limitless, which I'm sure we'll chat about as we go forward. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting. You say it's like, it's hard to kind of how to describe what you do with mindset. And that sort of thing is like people don't understand of like seeing that new perspective and stuff like that. And how you sometimes have to kind of like get outside of yourself to really see what's going on. And I've seen it in your other posts and I've talked with other people as well as this idea of like having coaches or having like people that can kind of help you with that mindfulness to be like, all right, what do you, what do you actually want and how do we get you there? Yep. Yeah. Cause what we're talking, I, I find it so interesting. I'm, I've been in the coaching space now for a couple of years. I have a bunch of friends now just from being around it who are running business programs and all that. And I find it so interesting that mindset has gotten this rap of being like a ridiculous thing to invest in. And I know I'm the dude that people are investing in. So it's easy for me to say, but what I'm learning is that you can have all the blueprints. You can have all the structure, this structure, that in the world. If your mindset is not on point, good luck trying to create what it is you want for your life, because eventually you will hit some type of roadblock. You will hit something that kind of stops you in your path. And if you get to a place where you're feeling like, man, I'm stuck. And you allow that to take you over. You're screwed. You're not going anywhere. Right. So I'm, I'm loving the energy of, supporting people and them breaking through their stuff. It is not, uh, it's, I, I, I'm very clear to say I'm not a guru. I don't really know more than the people I work with. A lot of them are actually way smarter than I am, but it's not about that. It's about visiting your own stories and working through your own things. 
Right. It's, it's unlocking those necessarily thoughts because we all have these things in us and we have that information. We know kind of what we want to do. We, we understand a little bit of the, the what. We just don't know the why and the how sometimes to kind of connect those dots. Because when you have that separated, you know, I've talked about it on the show a ton of times and I'm sure you say it literally probably every day is finding your why is understanding mm-hmm. the why behind you're doing something. Because if you don't have the why, it's hard to get your mind wrapped around, okay, these are the things I need to do to get there. But sometimes it's helpful to have someone on the outside going, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Is this what you're trying to do? Because this is what's happening and and this is why it's happening. So maybe if we kind of shift that a little bit, you know, how can we, how can we get you to that actual why that you're telling me is your why? Absolutely. Yeah. To me, I love, I love the saying of motive plus mechanism equals results. Mm. So like my why and the, the, what I do creates the results I have in my life. And I think that most people, if you were to ask them, what's the equation there? Is it like motive plus mechanism? Is it 60, 40? Is it 50, 50? Is it 80, 20, 20, 80? I think that most people's lives are lived in the space of the mechanism gets most of the attention, the how, Oh, I got to structure this. I got to yep. do this. I got to step into this thing. I need to take this course, blah, blah, blah. I would venture to say that the most successful people on the planet are living in more of the 95 to 99 percentile range of the motive, which I know people sound like they're like, wait, what, dude, it's not that much about the why. No, truly, when you know, when you are so clear on your why and your purpose, you make any how possible. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable to watch people step into their power and get creative and make things happen when they're so clear about why they're doing it and they're so passionate about it. Right. You understand like your steps, like it makes a little more steps. Your, st- your steps are a little more clear because if you're saying, if you're trying to, to have a course or a program that structure what you're doing, well, if you don't understand the reason for it, there's no structure it's going to be there. You're building a shitty foundation. Like you have nothing yep. underneath you and you're just piling things on top of it. Like more resources isn't going to, you know, more money, more problems. It's literally that exact yeah. kind of thing is if you don't know what you want to do with that money, then having more money isn't going to help you. The same concept of having more information or having more things kind of pile onto this, you're not going to be more successful. You might have a little more... Um, a little more reach and maybe a little more understanding, but you're not really, if you don't nail down the why you kind of lose that, that mindset approach of, okay, where am I going? Cause you really need that why to know the where, cause the how will tell you how to get where you're going, but you need to know yep. where you actually want to go. Yeah. And we just don't put enough attention on it. And, and it really blows my mind. And also I was the dude that wouldn't put money down for it. Like that would never invest in a mindset coach. Cause first of all, I thought it was a sign of weakness. Mm. Why can't I figure this out on my own? Which is a ridiculous story because we're not on this planet on our own for a reason. We're supposed to support and lift each other up. And what I learned was that coaching, or at least in my experience and how I work with people, what I learned is that mindset coaching is not about me telling you how or what or why. It is about me opening space for you to look within yourself to get your own answers. And when people come to that realization, what this becomes is an empowerment experience rather than a, I need to go get some information experience. People feel small when they think they don't have the answers. My job and why people get such ridiculous results working with me is because I remind them that I don't have any answers for them. 
everything we do together comes from an internal experience. They go deep within, whether it's past traumas, whether it's the story you've been telling yourself, the conditioning you have, whether it's like, this is just the way I've always had it. This is the thing that I believe. I think that a lot of, a lot of programs, a lot of coaching happens in the space of thoughts and actions. What I mean by that is there's our, our reality is built off of our actions. What we do creates the reality we have, but where do those actions come from? Those come from our thoughts. And if you're working on your thoughts to then shift a new action and then the new action creates a different reality, you're like, yo, I'm killing it. Like I got better results. I made more money. Look at this. And then isn't it crazy that like a couple of weeks later or a couple of months later, or even a couple of years later, you go back to your old ways. Mm-hmm. And the reason that is, is because I don't think many people spend time working on their belief systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, you need to believe a certain thing or like your higher power discussion needs to change. Whatever works for you works for you, but you need to understand that your beliefs generate your thoughts, your thoughts generate your actions, your actions generate your results. So if you are not, you said it, if you're not going to the foundational issue, which is likely your belief system, I don't believe I'm worthy of it. I don't believe money is easy to make. I don't believe that I can be the athlete that I say. I don't believe that it's possible for me to dot, dot, dot. You all feel it. Everybody listening here has experienced that. We all got our self-limiting things. So the question is, are you willing to do the work to spend time in your belief systems and recreate them in a way that serves you? Yeah, I think you you hit a good point there of this this idea of empowerment, letting people understand that it's in them. They're not coming to you for the answers, like you said. You don't have the answers. You know, it, it's yep. it's you're coming in to kind of unlock the potential in themselves. And this idea of the um, this is the way it's always been, and, and our limits. I've talked about this a lot. Is our limits are we most of them are self imposed. We kind of hold ourselves and say, Hey, this is my ceiling. This is as far as I can get. And I'm kind of afraid to take that next step. What do you, how do you kind of help people get, obviously I'm not saying you, if you want to be your coach, reach out to them and you're going to pay the man to do this stuff. But how do we, you know, how do you kind of help people get over that limit understanding that, Hey, you're a little more than the potential you're, you're giving yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting conversation for me because you just said it like the, the clients that I work with, the, the high-end clients, the one-on-one people who are paying top dollar for this thing and really investing themselves in it. Those people are me a couple of years ago in the ter- in terms of the, the ego mindset. Mm. So I was a bit of an egomaniac when I came into this transformational mindset work. Uh, I went to a coaching experience or a program thing that I thought I was going to go in there and kind of tell people what to do and how to do it. Yeah. I was the one signing up for the coaching, but it was such like an ego thing for me. And what I learned was coaching has nothing to do with, like I said, telling and, and teaching. There are programs, right? Where somebody's a mentor or a guide, or even a coach that's like, here's the things you need to do with your business. Great. If that's what you're looking for, you're going to get structure and things that work for that person. The people that I work with don't work well with that. Why? Because their ego is kind of strong because they want to be the one who figured it out for themselves. It is our, it is our most inner child piece. Just think about this for a second. If you, if you are like me, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. You, we do this with kids when we babysit them, we let them 
figure out the answer to something that we want them to do. So it's like, can you teach me how to turn the bathtub on? Because you want them to take a bath right? rather than like, it's time for a bath. They run away and they get pissed off because that's not what they want to be doing. But if you make it a challenge and you remind them that they're the ones figuring it out, that's our most inner child being tapped into. That's really what we do with coaching is I give you the space. It's not like a ridiculous statement. It's just, it's our natural human state. I give you the space to figure your stuff out because that's, what's important for you. Like you need to figure it out, not me. And when, when you learn something from what you've experienced, then it is way more effective for you and sticks way longer. And you actually can create change. But I can't come in and tell you, yo, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You'll just, when we hang up the phone, you'll go do it your other way and go back into your old shit. So it's a matter of really asking people, what is it that you want? You say you want this. You actually know how to get this. You explain to me how to get that. And yet you're still not doing it. What's missing? What's the belief system that makes you go back into your old bullshit that keeps you small? It's a protection mechanism, Jonathan. Like it is a protection mechanism for people. They keep themselves safe by playing a small game mm-hmm. over and over and over. And I ask, is that the life you want to go out on playing a small game, a nice and safe small game? Or are you ready to stretch to your limits and like really see yourself in another level? Yeah. It's funny how, how so many people are just afraid to fail. That mm-hmm. like failure is like the end all be all. And it, it goes to what, exactly what you said. It's this ego thing where people feel like if I fail, I'm, I am a failure as a person or as a human being or as a whatever I'm doing, I am a failure, not realizing that's a part of the process. Like I didn't start a podcast and it just took off and people were like, yeah, I'll be a guest on your show. Or, yeah, I'll do whatever. It's like, no, I had to work hard to do this. And a lot of people told me no, but now I'm at a place where people are reaching out to me saying, hey, I'd like to talk to you because you're interesting. That doesn't come from not putting in the work and and worrying about what if someone says no, what if this thing happens, what if that thing happens. So kind of this idea, like you said, of getting outside of ourselves and going, okay, let you tell me. I want you to tell me what what you how we can do this or or the process of it. And then to your exact point, you go, okay, why are we doing this? What, what are you not doing? I always bring up this, this idea of getting comfortable with discomfort. There is no growth in comfort. Mm-hmm. If you stay yep. comfortable, you're never going to grow. You have to stretch yourself in literally anything you're doing. I had PT this morning and in order for my ankle to move, they had to stretch it. That's just like our lives. We have to stretch things a little past the point of comfort. Like, Hey, is this where it hurts? Okay. We're going to hold it here for 30 seconds. And that's what we need to do in our lives really with anything we do, because if that's, that's where the difference comes in. That's when you take it to the next level, when you can achieve the next thing that you're going after. And really when that happens, once you get a couple of those underneath your belt and you've seen it, I'm sure is you're like, okay, it, it's momentum now. Now I've got this momentum where nothing's going to stop me. I might hit a speed bump, but that's okay. It's going to slow me down, but it's not stopping me. And we hit that where if someone just said, Hey, Nick, tell me what I need to do. Give me the five things I need to do in order to get to whatever I'm doing. Tell me the things and I'll just do all the checklists. In two weeks, you're never going to do these things again. You're going to go fall back into your old habits because you need to make new habits and understand that your, like you said, your belief system is kind of driving towards that. Amen. Yeah. You, you tapped into a huge piece right there, which is the, the idea of I am not my results. Mm. 
And so many people won't try things or reach to that next level or stretch themselves because they are at risk of failing. And if they fail and they attach themselves to their results, they then are a failure. And for a lot of people, especially high performers, like people that I work with, the idea of being seen as a failure is more terrifying than literally dying. Yeah. Like they rather die actually it sounds crazy, but for, and if you, if you're a high performer, a beast mode, you get what I'm saying. You rather go out in glory being the person you want to be rather than like being seen as a failure um, and staying alive and sitting in that shit. So 100% when we take the steps to understand that we are not our results, yet we are the person that we're being on our mission to where we're going and we attach ourselves to that. It gives us the freedom to take bold action. I have this little thing I like to call the ABC method, act boldly consistently. And if you were to live your life in a way where, and and I, and I'm saying bold and I want people to really listen to that word and ask yourself, what does bold actually mean? Not like, Oh, I went for a run today. Like what does bold mean for you? And if you took one true bold action every single day for simply eight days, eight days, your life would look very different at the end of eight days. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you act bold consistently, it's a snowball effect. They build on each other. So you take one bold action what, what happens is it empowers you. It ignites your mind. It takes you to a place you have not yet been. And life feels alive when we're growing and when we're giving are the two things that are most important. I think it's Tony Robbins who says that. The, the growth must be happening. And growth only happens in bold action. Growth doesn't happen when you're doing the thing you did for the last 400 days on repeat. Like yep. You're not growing then. You might be learning to practice and, ex- and like keep getting better at something, but are you actually stretching yourself in a way that makes you feel ridiculously uncomfortable? I don't think that happens on a regular basis. And, and when I work with people, I just ask them, like, are you really showing up in bold action, knowing that there's a potential to fail and that you'll be alive and okay if you do fail this? You'll be all right. And if you're meant to fail, you're meant to fail and learn that lesson and go forward. You know, there's a lot of trust that comes into this work too. You know, like trusting that whatever the result is, I am not that result and it's perfect no matter what it is. Right. Yeah, I think that consistent is is the the key right there because if you yeah. consistently do those things and you can, like you said, build upon it, you get the positivity there. You know, if I, I, I've noticed this, I think, you know, with everything going on with COVID, I mean, it's been over a year since most people have just been at home. Consistently, I know I have. I've been working from home for over a year. And it's one of those things where you can kind of get into a consistent like flow. Like it used to be, you know, I used to hop on the bus, take the bus to work, you know, walk to work. It'd be, and it'd be a consistent, but at least I was like, I felt like I was doing something. I was literally going somewhere. Now I'm literally going from my bedroom. That's that room to this office. And that's my journey. And it came into a funk where you can, you can feel it mentally where you feel this like drain almost where, okay, every day I'm literally just doing the same thing. Like, how am I shaking this up? What am I going to do? Like, how are we going to figure this out? And that's what I was like, well, I'm going to start putting myself out there. I'm going to get on Clubhouse. I'm going to I'm gonna get on all these apps and I'm just going to try to network with people and just meet new people and hear stories and do things. And that was uncomfortable to me because I'm not like, 
I'm I'm mostly an introvert. Like I don't like I won't I won't argue with anything. I order a cheeseburger and you come out with a chicken sandwich. I'm going to say thank you very much and you can be on your way kind of thing. Like I'm just like it's cool. We're just we're going to keep moving along here. I don't want to have a don't want to have a discussion about this. But it it pushed me to be like, "Hey, let's get on conversations with people, learn things, talk about people that may have different views or things like that than me." and really see how I can stretch myself to understand what I believe. And in the whole idea of the show of obviously running your life with purpose and intentionality, it's like, let's sit in that intentionality. Let's be purposeful in everything we're doing. I don't have to agree with everything with everybody I talk to, but I feel like there's some, some common ground there that kind of pushes us to, to our full potential. So like you said, is this consistent thing of being able to keep doing things where the the normal state of things is, hey, let me just sulk in it. Let me just sit yep. here and have this pity on myself instead of really trying to push myself to continue growing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say something that probably everybody listening already knows, but maybe it'll hit you in a way that it hasn't yet. So I'm going to say it. It is mind-blowing to me. It's actually, it makes sense because our brains are built to avoid uh, uh, discomfort and to lean into what is comfortable and what's known and what we can, what we can, um, perceive to be possible and what feels comfortable and safe and controlled. That is how our brain is written. The autonomic nervous system has a 36 million year head start on us. It's like nothing that is natural for us to be in ridiculous discomfort. But I find it really interesting that we spend most of our lives, focusing on how to avoid mm. discomfort, pain, struggle, circumstance, tribulation, and adversity. We spend most of our life avoiding those things. We're making money because we don't want to be struggling. We're trying to get this job because we don't want to be struggling in this other position. We're trying to do this so that we can get that and all with the intention of running away from the uncomfortable. And what makes me like, I think the best gift bro I ever had was growing up in the fitness industry. Because what I learned on day one was that in order to strengthen a muscle, what must first happen is that there, there needs to be a process of micro tearing. There needs to be literal breakdown of the muscle tissue in order for you to grow stronger. So as I thought about that, as my life went on, Life is not so different. On the contrary, life is exactly the same as that point about our bodies growing stronger and expanding and getting bigger and getting like more dense. How do we do that? Well, we must first break it down. How do we break it down? Take on load. You must overload the body in order for the body to break down and to build stronger. What, what happens in, a, in the delayed onset muscle soreness when you get like in pain like 36 hours later after your workout, right? And you're like, how is this happening now? <laughs> your body is in complete breakdown mode. And then that soreness is your body going, recreating the muscle. It's literally like if you were to look at Play-Doh or, or a rubber band and you pull it, pull it, pull it. And right before it breaks, it starts to like kind of sh strip its layers. It's like kind of like stretching out. That's quite literally what happens when you are exercising and strength training is you're tearing the little tears in the muscle, many little tears. The next 36 hours is rebuild process. It is your body going to work and, and rebuilding that muscle just a tiny bit stronger. Not anything you'll be able to see, not any strength you'll be able to really notice the next time you lift probably. 
it's just the tiniest bit of breakdown brings the tiniest bit of buildup bigger than it was before. Why are we not doing that in life? If what we're looking to do is get better, get more results. It's crazy that people come and say, I want better results. So the way I'm going to do that is everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies, <laughs> bro. If there is not problems, when you are taking your life to the next, next level, I promise you, you're not taking your life to the next level, right? The only way to get there is through breakdown. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and it's so funny how people, like you said, go through life and just like, I want this easy path. We want these things. We want everything to lay out in front of us. And I don't know if it's, it's obviously our human nature, but it's also like society itself sets us up for that. Like thinking about mm -hmm. this now, you think about it, like you're in high school and it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, they really say that when you're like in elementary school, but it's like, all right, you're in high school and you're talking with a guidance counselor. And it's like, all right, well, this is what you need to go to college for. And here's the classes you need to take. And this is the track you need to do. And these are all the things. Check the box. Check every single box you need to check so you can get to this place. Oh, well, you don't want to go this way, though. If you go this way, it's it's going to be it's going to be a little dangerous. It might be a little scary. So you know what? We're going to steer you this way because it's going to be the easier way to do things. And that that's our entire lives. You get into college. It's the same kind of thing. You figure out the easiest way to get where you need to get. And our system is set up to kind of just program us into this, this, uh, this cycle, if you will. I've talked about before it, this idea of people needing to go to college anymore, I think is, is people are finally understanding the generation growing up now is realizing like, I may not need this. I may not need to go into just crippling debt. If that's, if I'm not going to some professional, like be a doctor or a lawyer or something that obviously needs training, like those people, please, please continue to go to school. I don't want a non-doctor doing something on me. <laughs> but this, <laughs> this idea of we need to check all these boxes and follow this, um, list of these are the way you should do things. This generation is kind of breaking that mold and, and really asking the question, why? Like, why are you doing these things? Why do you feel it's important I should be doing these things? And I think that's when the... I would say older generation, basically my generation and older, is really having these questions of going, okay, why am I doing this? And then that's why we need coaches to be like, all right, what am I missing? Where am I missing this piece? Because all of a sudden my programming, this doesn't compute. This did not align with all the program I, programming I had been given growing up of how life would be. It's like, no, you do these things. You go to school, you get out of school, you get a job, you get married, you know, you become successful, then you retire and then you sit in Florida until you die. Like it, that's not the case anymore. So how do we kind of reframe our mind to make sure that we're not kind of falling into that systematic trap. Yeah. It's, it's a discussion of known versus the unknown. And in the past, I believe that, you know, as you look at history, people were always trying to get the answers to what's coming. Like it's, it's just natural in our state. We want to know in our, in our human, like our human condition is we want to know the answers to things. So why is school so powerful? And why do like, we know that school is not the best play for a lot of people. I mean, it's like, just, it's simple. I'm not, I went to college. Great. But like, you don't need to go to college anymore with the internet in existence. You don't need to, depending on what you're doing in your life. We know that yet still, People have such a hard time saying that statement out loud and being okay with it. Why? Because 
college is a system. Education is a system where you know exactly what you're getting from kindergarten until you graduate with your doctorate. You're doing this. Like you literally can say what else in your life? Can you say exactly what courses you're going to be taking or exactly what's going to be happening in 18 years from now? Like that's crazy to think about, but they're saying to the kids in kindergarten right now, when you go into college, dot, 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 because they know what's going to happen because the system is already set. So this is the crazy part. When you talk about known versus unknown, what we're, this is such a powerful thing. And I hope somebody hears this today and takes it with them because it's a game changer. And it flipped my life under upside down. When I, when I understood this piece, I was living my life by the known, by the proof, by what I knew was the right thing or what I've seen or whatever. When we're living from proof, looking for the known, what we're doing is reaching into our past to find what we know or where we've been or what existed or where the proof is. And then we bring that past experience and we paste it. We copy and paste that bad boy into the moment that you're in right now. Cool. It allows you to make educated decisions. It allows you to like pay attention to what's going on and and make a smart decision with what's going on. That's all great and dandy, except that when what you're trying to do is change and have a different life in my business, that's the people I work with. I want to take my life to another level where it hasn't been. Then you explain to me, please, why you're using past and history and proof and copy and pasting it to today. How is that going to allow you to create something new? You're literally taking the old recipe, putting it together, putting it in the oven and opening the thing and saying, why is it the same cake I got last time? (laughs) Well, no shit, Sherlock. It's the same ingredients, same process. You're doing everything the same. So what people, the danger of the known is that when you live into the known and that's all you do, you'll get the same cake you always baked. But if you want to take a risk and add another ingredient, If you want to take a risk and cook something different today, bake a new pie, try it out. Yeah, the thing may taste like crap, but anytime there's movement, there's movement, meaning you'll go somewhere. You can create momentum to a new chapter. You cannot use old stories to create new realities. So you must be willing to detach from proof and the known and live into the unknown and live into trust and live into the, the, yep, I could fail and fall on my ass and I'm willing to do it anyways. Cause I also could create magic out of this thing. Yeah. That's awesome. When you, when you said that talking about the movement and stuff, I, I just wrote this down as this idea of, you know, energy can't be created. It's only displaced. So if you have energy, you're doing these things, you have this energy, you're moving, you're moving, or you're using energy to think about the past or to use the past to bring you in there. All of a sudden you're realizing like, wait a second, this energy, I'm using energy one way or another. Why wouldn't I use that energy to move me forward? It's taking just as much energy for me to look back and figure out what worked and me just repeat, you know, rinse and repeat. Whereas if I use that energy to take that step forward or, or to stretch a little further, that energy is still there. Your momentum is still there. How are you going to be using it? You're either going forward or you're going backwards. There's literally nothing standing still. You are never standing still. If you are standing still, you're moving backwards. And that's that idea of you just, you, you, uh, this, again, the energy 
is not being, it's being used somewhere. Are you kind of projecting yourself forward or are you using that energy and storing it because you're trying to stay comfortable? And I was like, well, just in case I need to, you know, I, I probably mm. should do this yeah. because this is, this is the place that I kind of need to store it and just, you know what, maybe, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow I'll do that thing. Yeah, bro. I, I'm about to change my name to energy management coach <laughs> after that right there. Like real, for real, for real, that is what I do. Like that, that is my job is to help people manage the energy that they have. Because like you said, everything that you're looking at is energy. The computer you're looking at, the phone you're listening to us on, the, the water bottle you got, you as a human, we're all matter and matter is energy. It's like, like this is science stuff. This isn't like my opinion. That's just what it is. And when you come from that space of understanding that we are energy, then it's a matter of, okay, so how do we utilize this energy that we are? Like, where do we put this energy? Do we go into a space of positivity and perspective that works for us? Man, that is so crazy that like, when we talk about mindset, I grew up my whole life, everybody saying, man, you just too optimistic. Chill out. Like, why are you so positive? <laughs> How is that a bad thing? You know, and and people always spin that as a bad thing. Like, stop being so positive. This isn't real life. This is not how the real world works. You're like, but why doesn't it? Why can't it work that way? Yep, that's the statement that gets me giggling. Is like, this is well, you need to pay attention to the reality, real life. And I love my my parents are the two greatest people that ever existed on the planet. And when they say that to me, I bite my tongue and I walk away because I'm like, okay. You, <laughs> the statement of reality, my reality, BT dubs, is only what I choose to see. By the way, here's how I'm going to prove this to you. The room that you're in right now, wherever you are, that room, if you were to describe it with three words, just think of three words that, that describe the room that you're standing in. Big, spacious, comfortable, Right. Then somebody else can walk in that room, somebody with a completely different history, different education, different life experience, different financial status. And, th- and I ask them the same question. Theirs could be small, uncomfortable, and disgusting. Who's right? The answer is nobody. Nobody's right. It's your perspective versus mine. And we each get one. That was what we were gifted when we were put on this planet. Nobody gets to be in charge of your perspective except you. Yet most people live a life victim to their parents' perspective, mm-hmm. to their teachers' perspective, to their coaches' or spouses' perspective. Yet we never make the time to make our own perspective. And like that room is exactly what you see it as. That's it. If the room has a white wall, you could say the room has a white wall, and that's a fact. But when you're saying the room is big, says who? Right. Like I'm in this apartment right now. And it is to me, I moved in the middle of the pandemic. I got up, I moved from New York to Brazil. I was like, damn it. I always want to live somewhere else. My girlfriend's from Brazil. Let's just go. Let's live there. So we're living, you get a bang for your buck down here. We're on 14th floor penthouse, panoramic view. It's about 40 yards from one side of the window to the other. It's floor to ceiling windows, 25 foot ceilings. It's crazy to me how beautiful this place is glistening white it's and i'm, I'm talking it up because i love it so much and i'm so <laughs> proud of it right and, and and it's so dope it's like the nicest pad and if i had some billionaire walk in here 
who lives in a mega penthouse and something way different than this on a whole nother level, he'd be like, yeah, this is a cute place to like put my clothes. Like this can be a closet for me. <laughs> Who's right? Nobody's yeah. right. It's perspective. So if life is your perspective, if life is your perspective, why then are we not investing more time and energy specifically to our kids in education systems? Why are we not spending more time and energy on protecting our perspective, create, like allowing us to have a positive, powerful one that serves us and allows us to see the world in a beautiful way? Because that room that you're standing in might be the best thing that ever happened to you, but you're not allowing yourself to see it because your perspective all screwed up about what Sally told you it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Like your life is amazing in so many ways. And a lot of you are complaining about how it is because it's not what you said it was supposed to be, or it's not what I want it to be, but you're not even paying attention to how beautiful it is because your perspective is only looking at what's not working for you. Where is your attention and your focus? And if it's on the shit that sucks, well, then likely your reality is it sucks. But reality is not something that is. Reality is something that we create. So when you tell me you need to be realistic, I'm like, hey, pal, my positive perspective is my reality. Right. So I see the best in everything. And if you don't like it, then go sit in your shithole somewhere and get cranky about it and live in your depression while I live in freedom, abundance, and joy with the smallest of little things. Yep. That's the life that I want. You do you. If you don't like me, that's fine. Right. So ask yourself, is the perspective that you have working for you? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if we, especially in, in the day and age we are with the internet and social media and that sort of thing, we, we can fall victim pretty quickly to why am I not like this person? Why, why do they have this and I've worked harder? Or how did they do this and I couldn't? And you have this idea of that is good, but what I have is not enough. And we can get wrapped up in this whole idea of the American dream. And, and all of a sudden things just crumble around because you're like, oh, I don't have enough or I don't have this. My wife and I had a four bedroom house in the Burbs and said, you know what? Why the hell do we need this? It's me, her, and, and our 10-pound dog. Like, this is ridiculous. Let's move closer to the city. Let's get an apartment. And now I've got two bedrooms, 1,100 square feet, and I'm just like, this is more space than I even needed. We're like, well, we might be able to go down to one bedroom because we don't need it. And it's, it's once you start putting your value and your worth in other things or the opinions of others or the perspectives of others saying their perspective is more valuable than my perspective, that's a very dangerous place to live. Ooh, just like amen. you said, is when you have this idea of, this place is beautiful to me, but if someone that has more and has a different perspective on it can say it's not enough or it wouldn't be enough for me, that doesn't mean your perspective is too small. That just means that's your perspective. Whew. We're, preach we're preaching. Today. I love it, bro. It is. <laughs> we are preaching today. Yeah, it, it is a very, very dangerous thing when you spend most of your time looking at other people's stuff or looking at other people's opinions or, or putting their opinion or stuff on a pedestal. It is a dangerous place to live your life. One of the best practices I could give everybody right now, you want to work on your mindset in the most basic way without hiring anybody or getting any help with it. Stop looking at Instagram. Oof. Stop looking at Instagram. Like for real, for real, if you spent one week, Somebody just got the chills like, oh God, I could never. If you spent one week and know that does not mean you don't get to scroll on your feed, but you get to look at stories. I mean, unless you run a business on there and you need to sign on to post things and to comment like back to people, all good. But this is a practice I do with myself weekly. And now it's become my life. 
is that I don't scroll on Instagram maybe once a week for 10 minutes. Why? It's not because of the time thing. I mean, the number one asset we all have is time. So it's, it's gotten me a lot of time back. But the biggest thing is all it does, the only thing it does, because we are comparison and judgment machines, that is what we are, is our human condition to judge consistently. It keeps us safe and protects us. That's what we've always been. Judge the area, judge the moment, judge if I'm being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, like that's where we came from. So we still do that judgment thing. It's in our system. So when you go onto a social platform, those who created it were brilliant because they knew the weakness of human beings, which was I'm a judgment machine. So how can I find a platform that allows me to sign on and judge consistently because I'm addicted to it. So now we get on there and subconsciously, most of the time, you, a lot of you saying like, no, that's not me. I don't judge. No, bullshit. Yeah. Subconsciously. Yeah. Of, of course you are. Right. Just think about it. You judging like, oh, that's a cute shirt. Oh, that's an ugly shirt. Oh, I like that house he's living in. Oh, I hate the way that she said that. You're always doing it. And if you get onto that thing and, and automatically what you do is judge, you are only judging off of what you know. And often that is your own life experience, AKA comparison. Mm. So you'll find yourself in a comparison circle and you'll compare yourself to him, to her, to that, to this, to the other thing. And you hear all the rich people in the world, all the super successful people in the world tell us like, Hey, I've gotten there. And I'm telling you money doesn't buy happiness. The things don't buy happiness. It is crazy to me that we just never listen. We just don't, we don't want to hear it. It's like, okay, cool. I hear you, but I want to, I'm, I'm going to try it but out I, first. But Let I'd like some more money, yeah. <laughs> which I'm cool with. I'm, I'm a lover of money. Money is a very important part of my life. I'm all about it. But what money represents is me being fulfilled. What money represents is giving myself freedom. Mm. I don't think I'm going to be happy if I got the money or not. That's the decision I made. Right. And the second I started making that decision, abundance started pouring in. I started making more money and it, it got so much easier. And for some of us, man, I won't go down the money rabbit hole because we'll spend six hours there. <laughs> we don't have that much time left. But it is amazing to me. That's one of the things I work on most with people is money mindset. Like, what are, you, what are the stories you got around money? And I know how hard it is because we grew up with parents from the era of you, like my, the amount of times I told my mom, I got uh, a certain amount of people to sign up. Sorry, it's very windy over here. I got a certain amount of people to sign up for a program. And she said, um, congratulations. What'd you make on it? How are you feeling about it? I gave her the answers. And, uh, and she said, man, it must've been a lot of hard work. And I was like, actually, it was the easiest money I've ever made. It was the most money I ever made, but it was the easiest. And she goes, oh, well, that's not good. And it hit me. I was like, my mom thinks it's not good to make money easily. That the only way you're allowed to make money is by blood, sweat, and tears. Blood, sweat, and tears have its purpose. And it's an amazing thing to happen. Life is not supposed to just be rainbows and butterflies. But why can't I make money easy? Why can't money just be in flow? And like, why can't I just attract it by being the person I want to be and then allowing things to the money and energy to flow towards me? Why can't I? And a lot of us, it's just because we were raised by humans who told us that money doesn't grow on trees, that money doesn't come easy. You got to work hard for what you got. I know I'm stinging somebody right now and they don't like to hear it, but not every dollar you make has to be the hustle and the grind and whatever. Sometimes it's just you being you 
and people want to pay you for that. Yeah. It's incredible how freeing that is. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's like you said, we could probably talk here for another hour. We ain't got the time for this. Maybe, maybe, maybe in a few months we're gonna we'll have to do you, this again. Yeah, bro. we'll get you back and we'll just we'll go down more mindset holes and people will be like, oh shit. Like they're gonna like, I don't want to listen to that because he makes me feel uncomfortable. Or like, good. Yeah. Then, then you got exactly what you should have added this show. But that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So so plug all the things, tell people how they can connect with you. I know you said you had a coaching program stuff restarting here soon. So yeah, plug all the things. Yeah. So, um, the best way to reach me is just in my Instagram at I am Nick Pags and I C K P A G S. Um, you can, my, my application for project limitless, which is my eight week mindset coaching experience. That is a, uh, it's a group experience. It's ridiculously powerful. We're ending a cohort right now. Um, dude, some of the things that are happening in people's lives in eight weeks, it actually doesn't make sense. And I say that because I, re- I really created this course. I, I won't even call it a course. It's an experience. I created this with having no idea what I was doing, not in terms of coaching. I didn't know what the, what I was introducing people to. I was like, yeah, we're going to just spend eight weeks together and you guys create it and we'll figure out what happens. That's literally, and, <laughs> and somehow I got 17 people to sign up because I had just been dishing out value for a couple of years. So they trusted me and we showed up to round one of this thing. And literally what it was, was people allowing themselves to step into their discomfort and to learn what actually being limitless feels like, what the experience of limitless is. And it's something that you can't learn by talking about. It is something that you experience, you feel like, and sometimes it looks like money for people. Sometimes it looks like I made this happen or I made that happen. So, like it looks, sometimes it looks like divorce, which is crazy, but limitless looks like detaching from a relationship that you got into that wasn't right for you. Right. Sometimes it looks like rekindling fire that didn't exist in a relationship. Sometimes it looks like a job. Sometimes it looks like a move. Sometimes it looks like a new house or a new car or making an extra 50K in a month. It is crazy what it looks like for different people. Everybody's got a different chapter. But when I started this thing, I didn't know what it was. And now we're getting real clear as we go into round four of it that it is a life changing, life altering experience, not only for you, but the people you love and the generations to come in your family. So it's heavy, heavy stuff. Um, very powerful. We end this one now. We're at the end of April. Um, and then June, mid-June is where we're going to start up the next round. So you can click the link in my bio on Instagram. You'll see Project Limitless 4 application. You can apply there for free. And then and then we just get on a call and, and chat and see if it's the right thing for you because we're pretty specific about the people we bring in. And then my one-on-one coaching is more for those who are really looking to up-level their life in a, in a super specific way. It's a very private experience. It's a very in-depth experience. It's, it's no joke. That shit is, is intense. Um, so those are the ways. And honestly, if you're not ready to invest in anything and it's not your vibe right now, cool. Just go to my Instagram. I offer a ridiculous amount of value and content on a regular basis and you can always find me there. Yeah, he's got a bunch of great stuff on his feed. I scrolled through it the other day. So yeah, definitely check out his Instagram. We'll put all of the links in the show notes for everything that he talked about here so you can make sure you reach out and uh, get connected that way. But Nick, thanks so much for being on the show today, man. I really appreciate it. Bro, you're doing awesome work. Keep going. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. And to everyone else, um, reach out to me on the socials everywhere at flores.com run. I'm eventually going to have to delete that dot because Instagram keeps like shadow banning me randomly and it 
pisses me off, but <laughs> it's where we're at for right now. So uh, subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. Uh, written reviews help so much with the algorithms and everything there. Let people know that you're interested in seeing these kind of interviews that, you know, it's stuff that they should listen to. So check that out. Um, random plug. There's an app called Good Pods. It's just like a social media for podcasting and stuff like that. So you can see what your friends are listening to and stuff like that. Highly recommend it. I just started using it. Um, yeah, that's a random thing that I didn't plan on saying, but that's what we're saying. Uh, visit my website, www.flores.run. Hangry Gear. Remember, wearehangry.com. Help those living with the issue of hunger in our community. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I have here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>